Let's just continue again to give the Lord thanks. Lord, thank you because the power of Christ is at work in me. It's working in me, both to will and to do his good pleasure. Working out righteousness in me. Working out his will in my life. The power of Christ is in me. He's working. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I said in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, let's just open our Bibles quickly. So Psalm 121, I want us to start from there. Alright, before we read that Psalm, let's just declare the word of understanding together. One, two, let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has written me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. I said amen. Amen. All right, Psalm 121, let's begin from that. Um, How do we read this? Okay, let's everybody you read it together in whichever version that you have. One, two, let's go. Now, before we read that verse one, I've read many commentaries and they said that um, it is actually a question that David was asking. It was like, I, Am I going to lift up my eyes to the mountains? Is that where my help is coming from? The answer is in verse two. Actually, my help comes from the Lord. Let's read it again from verse one. I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. From where shall my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to sleep. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Verse 5. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. All right, let's take our seats. The Lord is good. I just thought we should read that. Uh, We have been talking about the power of praise. And um, I would like us to take the text again that we have been, that we have read a number of times. Let's just go back there and start from there. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Now, I'll read from verse 1. It said, Now it came about after this that the sons of Moab and the sons of Ammon, together with some of the Marianites, came to make war against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and reported to Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, out of Aram, and behold, they are in Hazazon Tamar, that is, Engedi. Jehoshaphat was afraid, and he turned his attention to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Please notice something, how Jehoshaphat responded to his problem. Nothing wrong with being afraid for a moment. It's how you solve it that's the issue. He did not go to negotiate the way Asa did in chapter 16. What he did was to turn to go and seek the Lord. He turned his attention, the Bible says, to seek the Lord and he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So if you notice, what the fast was, was to seek the Lord. 
So Judah gathered together to seek help from the Lord. They even came from all the cities of Judah to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. And he said, O Lord, the God of our fathers, are you not God in the heavens? He was not asking God questions. He was emphasizing it. Are you getting me? Are you not God in the heavens? And are you not ruler over the kingdoms of the nations? That is, we know you are the ruler. Power and might are in your hand so that no one can stand against you. Did you not, O God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people, Israel, and give it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever? They have lived in it and have built you a sanctuary there for your name, saying, Should evil come upon us, and all of that, just for the save time. Now behold, the sons of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you did not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. Verse 11, see how they are rewarding us by coming to drive us out of, from your possession, which you have given us as an inheritance. O God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. All Judah was standing before the Lord with their infants, their wives, and their children. Now a prophecy came in verse 14. Then in the midst of the assembly, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah. Verse 15. And he said, Listen, all Judah and all inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, Do not fear, nor be dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Now, this is what you are going to do, verse 16. You go down against them tomorrow. Behold, they will come from this angle, verse 17. You need not fight in this battle. Station yourselves to come and observe what is going to happen. Station yourselves, stand, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out to face them, for the Lord is with you. Now Joseph had bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshipping the Lord. The Levites from the sons of the Kohathites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a very loud voice. Then they rose early in the morning, that's verse 20, and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Put your trust in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets, and as a result, he says, you will succeed. Now when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who sang to the Lord, and those who praised him in holy attire, as they went out before the army, and they, as they went out before the army and said, Give thanks to the Lord, for his loving kindness is everlasting. When, I believe that was a chorus, they were saying many things, like you can see from Psalm 136, they probably were reading and singing from Psalm 136, probably, that's the probability. When they began singing and praising, verse 22, the Lord set ambushes against the sons of Ammon, Moab, and Manseer, who had come against Judah, so they were routed. How did it happen? 
Verse 23. The sons of Ammon and Moab, those ones were brothers, they rose up against the inhabitants of Mansia, destroying them completely. And when they had finished with the inhabitants of Seir, <laughs> anytime I get there, I don't know, I just start laughing. <laughs> they helped to destroy one another. When Judah came to the lookout of the wilderness, they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, there were corpses lying on the ground, and no one, not one person, had escaped. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take their spoil, they found much among them, including goods, garments, and valuable things, which they took for themselves more than they could carry. And they were three days taking the spoil because there was so much. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. Amen. That was a very long one. <laughs> and I actually enjoyed reading it. I feel like I continue to read. Then on the fourth day, just joking. <laughs> the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Now we are continue just looking at the issue of the praise of God. And uh, where we stopped last time, and of course, you know my habit, I like to just review briefly. And I'll pick up from there again. Praise is a form of prayer. And it is to be done without season. So just like the Bible says, pray without season. We can also read praise without season. You understand? We can read it like that. We can read it as praise without being discouraged. Praise without getting tired. Men ought always to praise and not to faint. Men ought always to praise and not to lose heart. So the same thing. And what I've been trying to say is to emphasize to all, just like prayer is a habit, praise is a habit. Praise is not just the time we come out to praise God. The Bible says that those that fear the Lord spoke often one to another and the Lord heard it. And that's what I was talking about last time. That's talking often one to another which the Lord is hearing. Praise, the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What I'm going to say is this. Out of the abundance of what's going on inside your heart, when it's time to, of prayer, that is what you are going to say. It is not the thing you will learn. All those ones you will learn and utter, they don't have much effect. They don't have much effect. It's what you say spontaneously without even realizing you are praying or praising this time. That is what actually is praise. And what is praise? Praise is when you ascribe to God the glory that is due his name. That's what praise is. When you ascribe to him, a slight difference between praise and thanksgiving, even though they often go together. Thanksgiving is thank you, you did this. Thank you, you did this. But praise is slightly different. Praise is that I am saying you are the one that can do it. You are the one that has the power. The power is with you. It is not with anybody else. The power is in your hands. It is not in any other person's hands. That is what praise is. The power is in your hands. As an example, like now, we read from that Psalm 25, which we have been, uh, Psalm 22 now, yes, Psalm 22, what we have been reading, that God is the governor or the ruler amongst, uh, that's amongst the nations, so that if you see something going on, you know it is not. You know, when we talk a lot of times, we take glory away from him, we don't realize it. When we see something going on, we should know that it is not human strength, it is not human power, it is not human ability. Many times, you know, I told you before the last American presidential election, you know, I get in, interested in a lot of those things going on. So I sit down, watch the analysis. Then one day I was sitting down, and I was watching political debates on CNN. You know, or BB, one, one of those channels, I think it was CNN. And we were talking about the different candidates. Um, the the uh, Democrats had um, the leading candidates were Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. And then in the, in the Republican side, a lot of them, Ben Carson was there. Uh, you know, Cruz, what is his name? That Cruz man was there. Eh? Ted Cruz was there. And of course, the, the funniest of them all, 
Donald Trump. And <laughs> of course, I used to watch the debate when they start talking. I tried to keep up with the news. Then one day I was watching. So then I asked myself, why am I even wasting my time? I said, the Lord has already decided who's going to win this election. Yeah. After that, I stopped. The, the debate, I lost interest. You know, that kind of passion I had for watching it, it just left me. I still just keep up with it just for news sake. Not really, I didn't keep up. If I stumbled into it, I watch. Anytime I stand up and watch, I say, all of you standing here, the Lord has decided who will win this election. Many of us have had our opinions. Then, of course, Donald Trump won the presidential primaries. Surprisingly, it surprised everybody. At least, it surprised me. I said, this was serious. When it was happening, the man was winning. Decided, decided releasing you know, recordings of what he said, what he did not say. A Trump University problem. Everything was coming after against him. And against Hillary Clinton, he dropped to the bottom in the polls. Every poll said he's losing. And the man arose. Salud, Sonder Selvaraj. I saw the video later in August. And he said, I was in the Council of Heaven. And I saw Donald Trump appear. And the Lord said, this is the next president of the United States that he has been prepared for the job. He made that statement in the open, gathering of Christians like this, not as if from the airwaves. Okay, but it was recorded, it was on YouTube. And to everybody's surprise, of course, results started coming out. And, of course, you know, the way people, human beings calculate, they had the blue states that will always vote Democrats. They've done that for the last 50 years. Then they had the red states that will always vote Republican. They've done that for the last 50 years. Then they have the swing states who can vote this way or that way, depending so all the polls tend to focus on the swing states, to analyze what's happening in the swing states. What they did not know was that the Lord had gone to three blue states and turned them to red. <laughs> I, watched, I watched CNN releasing the results. CNN was getting shocked by the moment. Finally. Somebody say finally. Finally. Complete result came out. Donald <laughs> Trump won. And the whole world said, what? Is this a joke? That it might be fulfilled, that which was spoken by the man of God. Yes. The real man of God. Not the one in Lagos. The real man of God. <laughs> are you getting my point? Yes, now, what are we saying? He's the governor amongst the nations. We're talking about praise. So that was the, before then, well, I used to say it, of course. Initially, I thought the guy was, but when he wanted to require primaries, some people remember that. I used to say, this man might win this thing, no. If I had a strong suspicion, he would win. But that was not prophetic because I did not like the opponent. So when, as a prophet, once your emotions are involved, it's hard. That was why all the prophets in Nigeria could not see that Jonathan was going back to Tok. They said he would return. To where? What they did not know. They didn't know good luck Jonathan was going to return to Tok, not to Asorok. said, Jonathan shall return. Jonathan shall return. It was wish. They were wishing he would return. That's as a prophet, just by the way. If you're a prophet of God, if you feel the prophetic... And once a minister of the gospel, once a Christian, you have to be careful that your emotions don't get involved with things. You have to be careful. Although the only way you can get your emotions out of the way is to be filled with understanding. To be filled with understanding. What just happened to many of these Nigerian prophets was that they did not want the current head of state because he's a Muslim. That's all. That's all. They wanted a Christian to retain the seat. So all the spirit of prophecy was just confusing itself. All right? 
Now, but what are we saying? He's a governor amongst the nations. He's the Lord of all. He's the Lord most high. He appoints rulers. He appoints rulers. That is praise we are talking about. So when we are talking about it, we don't, you know, we don't get involved as Christians on, no, huh? if you look at the pedigree, he will win. If you look at the arrangement, he will win. His campaign manager, you know, all those arguments are unbelieving arguments. As a believer, he just simply said, look, God has, he has chosen. And he has a habit of setting upon these kingdoms the lowliest, the least likely. The least likely politically that time was Donald Trump. Of all of them, he was the least likely. He had never held public office, never. He didn't serve in the military. Never held political office. The oldest man ever to take office as president of the United States. Everything was against him. Age, against him. Experience, against him. All the leaked videos of what he said about women, against him. The least likely was the person God picked and placed in there. And then, of course, what people will now do, they will now turn around and start looking at, okay, there was a strategist he used. And all of, you see, as a believer, be careful when you are talking. That's what I'm trying to emphasize towards again. Be careful. Your talk is where praise is. It's not when you get to church. It's your talk. When you're talking with your friends, when you're speaking about what's going to become of me in life, how do you talk? And you see, if praise is not in your heart like that, remember what I said, praise is ascribing to God the glory that is due his name. Praise is not bribery. What do I mean by bribery? Enter his cause with praise. If you don't praise him, you won't get anything. I've heard he say, look, when you've tried everything, it doesn't work, try praise. As if it's a formula. <laughs> My children don't try praise with me. They know what I do. They come and say, I would like this done. Can you approve that? It's not try praise. What we don't understand, we think praise is go there and start hailing. Hailing is different from praise. <laughs> you know me, I'm hailing. That's what we do. It's psycho fancy. Is that healing? Babake. Ah, father. You know? Is that habit we now take to God? You think that we so, you know, wind him. Wind this guy. Wind him. Keep winding, winding. He will soon release. He will soon release. Wind him some more. Hallelujah. We worship you. Worship, worship, worship. Has he released? No. Come on, wind him some more. Father, we thank you. Has the money come? No, come on. Wind him some more. We keep winding him, winding him. We, we are hailing, you know, hoping that he will lose control. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not what praise is. Praise is just simply, my children come from school. Their principal will give them a letter. Tell your parents, you need to bring this amount of money to school next week. And they just walk in and drop the letter. There's no discussion on uh, how will you find the money. Then on Monday, Daddy, did you process that letter? <laughs> I did. And we are going. Where is the money? That's praise. Are you getting my point? Yeah. That is the supplier of this demand from our principal is this guy here. You get the point? We're not going anywhere else. If he says he doesn't have money, no problem. We'll be back. But we're not going to ask our neighbor. We're not going to anybody else if he doesn't need it, we'll come back later in the day. Uh-huh. Daddy, perform. That is, the idea is, 
you are the one that will perform. So praise is when they get to school say, have you paid? No. Why not? I will remind my daddy. Are you getting my point? It's not like uh, when I get home, Victory, you stay here. I'm mean, going to stay on this side. And Benga, you stay in front. Now raise your hand and say, Daddy, oh, Daddy. Daddy, oh. <laughs> Are you getting my point? It's not. He's not trying to wind me. He's giving the glory to where it is due. One day, just to give you an example, my son, the older, or the oldest one, he had he developed one habit. I had to call him to order. He asked him for something. Now, no, he asked you for something. You refuse on principle. So he decides as a little boy that it is, you don't want to spend the money. So he calls his grandmother. I said, Grandma, please sell. Oh, anyway, one day I was in the house. Grandma, um, what happened? This is my wife that traveled and came back with a PS4. So I looked, where did you get a PS4 from? Oh, my mother said I should help buy that. My son asked for it. What gave you the right to take my glory and give to another? I don't know whether you're getting my point. That's it. That was a quarrel. Just by the way, I didn't know why a game should cost that much. Maybe I'm old school, but there's no one out on earth. Of course, I don't need to tell you, I seized it. My glory I will share with no other. I collected yes for her and kept it somewhere. See despondency in the house. God, the children were like, what? I, I just kept it in the study and locked it. I don't know how many months. It was there for a very long time. What was the sin? You needed something expensive. You bypassed me and your mother. I went to ask your grandmother. And grandmothers, you know what they are. You know what grandmothers are. So their own duty is don't reason about these things. It's my grandchildren. Yeah. And what is your problem? They are my grandchildren. As if there's a way to have grandchildren without passing to the parents. <laughs> you know? And this is anything. I just said, no problem. I collected it and imprisoned it. It was there forever. I don't even know how long. Six months. <laughs> it was like this. I forgot it there. I forgot it there. I can imagine a young man going to school telling his mate, I have PS4. <laughs> that was all he could get out of it. Where is it? It's at home. <laughs> Which part of the house they must not know? <laughs> but what's my issue? I said, no. My glory, I will share with no one else. That's what we're saying. So, I'm in prison for a very, very long time. More than six months. In fact, I forgot there was something like that in the house. And all the children forgot. They, they all buried it from their minds. Then one day, the spirit of mercy came upon me. After they had learned the lesson, and of course, the rule was that you want anything, you ask first. If your grandmother made the offer, and you process it through your parents, and of course, my wife told her, because my wife's mom, she told her, her mother, I said, listen, mommy, please, eh, try 
Yeah, that's it. No, that's what we are talking about, praise. Praise is not the raising up of hands. The raising up of hands is the, let me use the expression, is the overflow. Is the overflow. Is an attitude all the time. Are you getting my point? It's something, it's when we are talking, when we are talking, when we are analyzing our destiny, that's where praise is. We talk about God as the source. We're not thinking of, that is, he's the source. And listen, we talk about it no more. Not time to pray. You know, I said, let's begin to praise God. Let us enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. You must understand the difference between the old dispensation and the current dispensation. Under the old dispensation, things were broken into pieces for clarity's sake. Do you get my point? Like, for example, you see the Aaron's garment, different pieces described here and there. Yet only him wore it. The priests had their garments, but now God expects all of us to wear that, the same garment. Everybody wears the same garment, but you don't see them physically on us. You now see different attributes, and they are in us all the time. Israel had different sacrifices, different sacrifices, all of them, parts of the sacrifice of Jesus. But they were broken to pieces for sake of clarity, so that we will know what the sacrifice of Jesus entails. Are you getting my point here? You hear Israel had a high priest. And they had the sacrificial lamb. But in Christ Jesus, we have both of them in one person. But it had to be broken into separate parts so that we'll see different functions that the Lord Jesus is going to perform. In the same manner, when you hear about entering his courts with praise, entering his gates with thanksgiving, God doesn't really expect that you left the courts in the first place or left the gates. He expects that you are dwelling in his presence all the days of your life. That's what he expects. But then that dwelling is with an attitude of praise and an attitude of what? Thanksgiving. You know, so that's how you dwell constantly. It's not as if now let us enter as if when you come to church, it's entering his gate. Come on. The church is not the house of God. I hope you know the physical building. I hope you know it's not the house of God. And there are many churches God does not go to. The fact that God doesn't even go to any church, really. He doesn't, doesn't go to any. We are the ones that are bringing him in us to the place. So it's not as if we have come to meet God today. Where? If you didn't come with God, you are not meeting him there. Because we are the body. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's when we come together that he's present where two or three are gathered. Not as if he's there waiting for us. And then inside the church, suddenly you look, you look holy. What you can't wear to church, what you wear to Work, it can't go to church. It's too indecent. What you wear for lectures, you can't wear it to church. It is too indecent. God must not see my cleavage, but my classmates can see it. Are you getting my point? That's because we don't understand it. We don't understand. We don't understand that every time we appear, we are representing somebody, we are carrying somebody. It, 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 look, you, that's why you cannot say, I'm entering his gates with thanksgiving as if it's a place you are about to start entering. No. As far as Christians are concerned, you dwell there all the time. It's a place you abide in. You are getting the principle here. So I'm, I'm running emphasize to us again. Now, but let's not forget why we read that long portion. Let me just get back there. Quickly, let's go back to that portion. So praise I'm emphasizing. What is praise? Is ascribing to God the glory that is due his name. That is what praise is. We ascribe to him that is the glory that is due to his name. Second Chronicles, let's just go back there. Verse 22. Let's just start from 21 just to give some beef to it. When he had consulted with the people, 
that is Jehoshaphat, he appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him in holy attire. As they went out before the army and said, Give thanks to the Lord, for his loving kindness is everlasting. And that's it in verse 22. When they began singing and praising, the Lord set ambushes against the sons of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah. So they were routed. Now, you will know how they were routed. That's verse 23. But what I want to just emphasize is that verse 22. When they began singing and praising. Now, we read it, we read it just now. We analyzed it last time. That you see that the time they were singing and praising, they did not know what was going on in the camp of the enemies. They were not seeing it. The time the enemies fought themselves and destroyed themselves, they were not aware. It was when they got to a particular point, they realized that it had happened. But the Bible says it was while they were singing and praising. I want to emphasize something here. Spiritual things are interesting, very, very interesting. You know, things that are said in secret, they're having an effect somewhere else. They're having an effect somewhere else. That is, what is it, when are we singing and praising? Yes, and that's not my emphasis, okay? Yes, we do sing and praise when we are worshiping, like in the morning, you get up in the house, you want to pray, you sing. Or you put it late at night, you worship before you sleep, or we come here together, or you go to church, and you are worshiping. That is true. That, that, I'm not taking anything away from that, but I'm just saying that's not what I'm talking about. Like, well, remember, the, our emphasis has been on what? Men ought always to pray, to praise. Praise without what? Season. That's what our emphasis is on. Now, we are saying here, so what is praise? Um, let me get back to it again. Praise, we said, is giving to God, ascribing to Him the glory that is due His name. Do you understand my point? So, if... Now, let me just say something quickly about the, 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 the mentality that God taught the Israelites. They saw God in everything. If a man killed another man by accident, the expression in the Bible is that God delivered him into his hands. If a man overcomes another in battle, the expression is that God gave him victory. Are you getting my point? If a man invested in business and he prospered, the way the Israelite was taught to think, the way he was taught was that God gave him prosperity. In fact, even though they had methods by which things were done, David was a man of war. He used to teach his men how to fight. How do I know? He would tell you that the Lord taught my hand to fight, to war. So that I learned the technique of bending a bow made of steel or brass. Using the Bible, um, King James expression. So I learned the technique. There was a technique. The men could teach themselves. Okay? Yet, despite all of these things, David will ask, shall I pursue them? Will, you, will I overcome? Will you give me the victory? They were taught to think which is a matter of reality, that no matter what you experience, no matter how much you trained yourself for it, that victory is of the Lord. So we tell you, some trust in chariots, some trust in horses. These men had chariots, they had horses. But they said we can't trust in them. You are getting what I'm trying to say here? So the mind was taught to think properly. What is the proper thought? If I have victory, it is God that gives me victory. If I fail... It is because God refused to grant victory or God's outrightly commanded failure. 
So that when they lost battles, Joshua would tear his cloth and ask God what happened. It didn't cross his mind that we made a mistake in strategy. They went to Ai and they made a strategic error. Military mistake. They went spied and said the, the place is small. Just a few men will handle it. Sent 3,000 soldiers. 3,000 men went there and they were beaten. And Joshua did not think that. Why? Who told me 3,000? Where are the spies? Where are the spies? You said the city was small? Oh yeah, bring them out and hang them for misleading the congregation. No. Joshua had the proper Israelite mindset. We lost. Yes, the soldiers were few. When he went back to battle, he went with ten times the number of soldiers he went over the first time. Ten times. But before he went down, went back ten times, you know what he did? He tore his garment and said, Lord, why did you turn your back on us? Because he understood that if God did not turn his back, even if he went with two people, we should have won. That victory is of the Lord. It's not in the number of horses. It's not in the number of chariots. It's not in the number of horsemen. So his own is that, what happened? Then the Lord now showed him, you know, the story of Achan and all of that. And after they wiped out the iniquity from amongst them, they returned to battle. Now, untaught people, people who don't know the word of God, we sit down and analyze the military strategy that led to the initial failure. Going with too few soldiers. The soldiers are few. And then when he went, when he, when he corrected his strategy, you can see it, and it looks reasonable. You could see it. First time, 3,000 soldiers. Second time, 30,000. Second time, they had a strategy. Half of you go towards the city. Start the fight. Then those men will come out after, uh, after you. Then run. Start running. Start running. Run, run, run. And they will pursue you. Then after a while, of course, most of them will have followed you. They will leave the city unguarded. They had beautiful strategies. And did it work? Yes. But was that why they won? <laughs> no. It's because Achan was dead. Their casting had been removed from their midst. You see, that's what we mean by giving God the glory due his name. That repentance alone that Joshua did was praise. By saying that, we lost the battle because he refused to bless the journey. Lord, why did you not agree to bless it? That the powerful victory is with you. You are saying what praise is? That's what I'm going to emphasize. So that when we are talking, we can, we can, fin- we can be planning to say this business, we are going to raise investors, we are going to put this one down, we have land here, we get the bank to do this, my God, this is beautiful planning. They will not remember to tell us, oh boy, all this on the arm of flesh, if God does not bless it. That simple statement is what God calls praise. Many times we put it down and say, let us worship God over it. We start what I call hailing him. You are trying to bribe me and say, God, we, are, we have a strategy. So join us, just join us. You will get your portion. So the prayer is not really born out of genuine praise. We think that we will succeed because we have the best staff. We will succeed because we have the best degrees, the best connection. We have everything. The praise is just a habit. Even if a Muslim did this, it will work. But let's just pray. You know, we are Christians. You are getting my point? That is the exact opposite of praise. So I'm getting us to understand something. So the Israel mind was taught, and that's what we are supposed to do. Let me say this again. We've taken a huge chunk of God's glory and given to the devil. 
pastors. I've also given the, many of your colleagues, or, or many of our colleagues. We are responsible. A man feels, what do we say? It is the witches in the household. You don't understand. You have ascribed glory to them. You have told them they have the kind of power that God cannot do anything about. We don't realize when we do these things. We don't, listen, that's the praise of God that we have dashed out. Even when we claim we are teaching faith, we we magnify the devil so much. That the reason why things are not getting done is because of the devil. We don't realize that what we are saying is that he has the kind of power that he actually doesn't have, which actually belongs to God. That's what I'm talking about. Praise is a habit. It's when you and I are talking to one another. We are analyzing things. That is when praise is actually springing forth. Now, remember what we're saying. Now, you know, I, I digress just to, as I said, to, to get a mind right. Let's fill our hearts with the truth that God actually is in control. When some, that's why the Bible says you should give thanks Two things. One, in all situations. Two, for all things. What about when it is bad? Let me tell you why God is God. It is because things that don't make sense, he can make sense out of them. If everything works according to principle and according to order, that is all predictable, then there's no place for God. I don't know whether you get my point here. Like what science has tried to prove over time is that God is, un, is an unnecessary part of the equation. Like one man said, luck is for the ill-prepared. That's, that's wrong thinking. Science tries to prove to us, in fact, what they say is this, that even for some of them who believe in God, they believe that God has set the mechanism in motion and things are just running by themselves. That if you learn enough of the laws, you'll be able to predict everything. They've taken the glory away from him entirely. They believe things have just been set. So God can't do anything about it. But unfortunately, it's not so. And every time he confounds people, but they still refuse to acknowledge it. They think, okay, we need to learn new laws. They keep learning. Like, because of my own natural understanding of you know, secular things, you know, science and all of that, I am convinced one major reason why many diseases don't have a cure is because the people who are researching into it believe it's a game of chance. They don't believe that an enemy has done this. Are you getting my point? They don't believe that people are in control that they cannot see. So they keep researching and Hundreds of billions of dollars have gone into cancer research with little progress. And anytime I read the, the thing, I just laugh. I say, you guys, one day, God will show mercy, things will turn around. But right now, the whole foundation is based on there is no God. Everything is a matter of chance. But I'm saying we are supposed to fill our hearts with understanding that God is in everything. That's why we give thanks for everything. And in every situation, we thank God. Because that is real praise. That is real praise. That is real praise. That is what actually shows that we recognize that he's the one in charge. That's why we pray about everything. Not as a, a checklist, just say we are prayed about it. No. We literally mean it. Lord, though, I am, like James said, some will say, we'll go there, we'll do the wood. They say, why don't you say, if God permits? He wasn't trying to say that the will of God is nebulous. He was trying to explain to them that you don't have control of life. 
Everything is within God's control. You can plan everything and it will go wrong. Why will it go wrong? Because God said no. Please, I hope you are following my point here. That is what praise is. Look, please, I, I, I've not been able to leave this thing. Praise is a habit, is a mindset that says to, the, to itself, the person says to himself, look, my life is in God's hands. It is not my planning. It is the Lord that gives me what? The power to get wealth. So that even if I have the degree that gets wealth, I have the connections that get wealth, I don't for one moment put my heart on it. And let me say something. God will always, ha, now something, something, something clicked in my heart. T.D. Jakes long ago taught a message, what he called the sacrifice of praise. I can't remember exactly what he said, but I'm coming from another angle now. Listen to this. Many times, God will demand a sacrifice of praise from your hands. You say, what, what do you mean by sacrifice of praise? This is what I mean. You have the connections. You have the plans. Everything is okay. Do you understand? Everything is just perfect. What you now need to do is to just somebody now say, ah, you know the minister for this. Call him. You just look and say, and the Holy Spirit will just let you know. Or maybe you even try to call him once or twice. You pick, and he's your friend. Minister for labor, and that's one area where the, you need approval from that, for that thing. You call him, and he says, Chris, how now? Please, call me back, call me back. I'm in a meeting. That's it. After three days, you call him again. He doesn't pick. After one week, you call him again. He picks and says, please, I will call you back. I'm busy. And the Holy Spirit is just telling you, can you see this man is not going to talk to you? Is your project going to go on without him? That's the question. That's the sacrifice of praise. Are you saying he's the one that is needed to have it go on, or the power belongs to God? You will say the power belongs to God. So, so, so don't call him again. That is the sacrifice of praise. So your friends are looking and say, you haven't called him? No. Why not? No need. Ah. No, now, that's where we get the approval from. But God, look, everything looks clear. But God just says, this time around, this is what? My sacrifice of praise. This is one phone call you will not make to say to yourself, God is actually in control. That's what I mean by sacrifice of praise. That is, what is that sacrifice? It's one advantage you have, you just refuse to use. At other times, we might use them. But today, we are offering a sacrifice that says that we want to show that God is the one in charge. And we will not open our mouths to ask for any human help, even though the help is available. What is it? It's just my sacrifice of praise. There are things you do. Eh? And you just totally... It's silly. Everybody thinks it's crazy. But why are you doing it? You say, look, I've gotten used to things working because we planned it. I just want to remind myself. And again, sometimes, another sacrifice of praise, listen to this. You plan this. Next month we'll do this. Next month we'll invest this. Next month we'll go here. You plan everything. And then it collapses. All the plans fail one after the other. And so you realize that there was one email you told one man in the office to send. And as he was clicking send, there was network failure. That's the email that was supposed to book the flight. Three of you are supposed to go somewhere. You're supposed to click send, then they would... Deb- some, are you getting my point? Those little click to approve, all those kind of things. But as the guy was about to click to approve, he clicked to. There was network interruption. 
While he was doing that, something they called him. His wife called him. Time to go. They are taking their son to school. And he leaves and forgets for the network to return and for him to click send. Are you getting what I'm saying here? You now find out. They say, why didn't this thing work? You get to the, the, um, the maybe your travel agent. Say, no, you guys did not approve payment. We sent you an email. We are supposed to return this. You did not. And you turn to Israel. Israel, what happened? He said, yeah, I forgot. I actually clicked send, but <laughs> there was small network interruption. Plants, millions, everything. Now, it's all a sacrifice of praise. You can say, this is the problem I have with you people. You, you start getting angry and raking and raking and raking. God said, no, no, I want a sacrifice of praise. Put up your hands and worship. Say, God stopped him from sending the email. That is a sacrifice of praise. That he doesn't have the power to scot to that arrangement. You just, you just look and say, Lord, thank you. In your mind's eye, you see one angel pull the network plug. While the man was clicking send or approve. As soon as he left, the angel put the plug back. In your mind's eyes, you see it and say, all power belongs to God. This is a plan of a million, two million, two hundred million naira that's just going down the drain that appears like. But what is the sacrifice of praise? At this point, I will blame no human being. At this point, I will not be angry. We're just going to spend the evening. You're going to call your wife. Sorry, we didn't travel again. What happened? I'll let you know when we get back home. You go back home, carry your children, you go somewhere and go and eat expensive Chinese food as unto the Lord. <laughs> no, there's food you eat, it's for the Lord. You know that? I don't have time to explain it now, but it's like that. It's like that. There are times you go and eat useless, expensive food. Say, <laughs> so what is this? So I'm, I'm giving God an offering. Look, you could have cooked for five, for five thousand in your household. Better food. But that one you go out, eat for two. Thirty k. And everybody looking at you. They don't know you are, you are worshipping. <laughs> I mean, serious worship. The man who the guy who comes to collect the money, you know, of course, you bring your ATM card, you pay them. The guy who brings you this thing, you, you dash him 5,000 naira. The guy at the door, you dash him 5,000. The guy at the gate, you dash him 5,000. Your wife is wondering whether my husband has gone mad again. <laughs> He won't know that for that evening, the offering is 150K. You don't chop 30. You would dash out. Somebody will go on the road. What happened? I was just crossing. My egg fell. And I can't go home now because I was supposed to sell a crate of eggs. Okay. I'll dash. How much is the whole crate? You pay for two. It's one that broke home. Continue going. Why? You are celebrating you just lost money. Yes. All the offering for this evening is a sacrifice of what? Praise. What are you saying? That loss is not the devil. He doesn't have... Please, sometimes we, we glorify this devil too much. Say so that loss is not the devil. I mean, you've been chasing... You've been chasing one woman like this for maybe like 18 months. Intense. Chris. Yeah. <laughs> you are the one I should be talking to. Not this one that has father three children. It's you. 18 months. Prayer, prophecy, and leading of the Spirit all combined. <laughs> Not to talk about you know what a young man should do. You spend your money. Recharge card on a Saturday morning when nothing is happening. <laughs> Single boys, that's how to do it. Oh. Don't be phoning all the time. I just want to see how you are doing. She's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> Send the recharge. Just, just transfer something. 
So what is it about? Nothing. Just woke up this morning thinking about you. How <laughs> more you go to marry? Now <laughs> 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 you have done all of that. You've done everything. Have bed there? Can you forget? They know you in that place, in the mall, that expensive ice cream section. They know you. You have an account with them. <laughs> and finally, everything just looking good. If I've gone to buy the ring, you're not going to watch one stupid American movie that shows a man kneeling with the right knee to ask a woman to marry him. Crazy boys. You do that, God will punish you. <laughs> How can you be kneeling with a woman to beg you, to marry you? You're crazy. You see how down, kneel down. Who you don't wake up learn some bad, bad things. If you start by kneeling down, you shall continue to kneel down. Kneeling shall be your portion. When you want the man, woman to marry, you stand straight. Let her know you are the man <laughs> that you want to marry. Say, oh girl, the Lord bless you. Let me see what people need in that with one hand. Rubbish or nonsense. The way you get a result is how you sustain it. You stand by kneeling down, you shall continue kneeling down. Every time I want to talk to your wife, I say, okay, okay. Lord is good. I want to propose to a woman. Oh, I mean, stand tall, stand straight. Say, Angelina. Be confident. I'm not saying she don't bring a ring. Bring the ring. I say, I believe the Lord will be pleased if you and I we travel this journey of life together. I am going somewhere. I need you to go with me. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's how you do such things. <laughs> I mean, don't you see this boy kneeling down? See the divorce rate. 